turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. WLCC Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey. The following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries and is pre-recorded. Scriptures, as, as someone said, are the breath of God in written form. Just like on a cold day, we don't get many of those down in Florida, but you can, you can see your breath, if that breath hardens, and it was in a page form, you would understand inspiration. God breathed out, and what, when it finally hardened, it was the Word of God. And the process went through men as they were born along by the Spirit of God. They spoke from God. Their own vocabularies, their own styles, but beyond that, the very words that God breathed out. What an interesting word picture. 2 Timothy 3.16 is often translated to say that all Scripture is inspired by God. But the more accurate way to say it in English is that it is God-breathed. Today on Verse by Verse, Pastor Steve Kreloff will be helping us to explore how God inspired men who wrote Scripture, and we'll see that it's not just something interesting to read and know about. It's something useful for our everyday lives. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. We've been taking a careful look at Chapter 3 of 2 Timothy and discovering the tools God has left for us there in order to help us survive the tough times that inevitably come our way as members of the body of Christ, the Church. It is impossible to overstate the importance of Scripture. It's extremely important in the first place simply because God inspired it. But it's also important because it's so very useful. It's our guidebook. Scripture tells us truth. It tells us what is untrue. It tells us how to get back on track if we lose our way spiritually. And it even tells us how to avoid getting off track in the first place. Pretty amazing book, isn't it? If you have your Bible and want to follow along, turn to 2 Timothy 3.16, which says, All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Here's Pastor Steve with some thoughts on that verse and the rest of the chapter. All Scripture is inspired by God. Let's stop there. All Scripture is inspired by God. This is a critical verse to understand. I'm convinced that most Christians don't understand it. I'm convinced. So let's examine it. This is a crucial verse. This is the bedrock and the clearest verse in the Bible concerning the inspiration of Scripture. First of all, it says that all Scripture is inspired. What does Paul mean by all Scripture? All Scripture. Well, certainly this refers to the Old Testament. No one would question that. And yet, let me take it a step further. It means anything that is Scripture is inspired. Anything. And when Paul wrote his, his this letter, not all, but most of the Scriptures, the New Testament Scriptures, have been written. So even though all the New Testament was was not written at this time, what was written was inspired. And I think we have to take it a step further. 
Paul knew that his letters were on the level of the Old Testament. Do you realize that? Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Paul knew that what he was writing was Scripture. Paul knew that what he was writing was on par with the Old Testament authoritatively. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. Paul writes, For this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you receive from us the word of God's message, you accepted it not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. Paul said, listen, what we taught you is the word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13. And there are many verses. I'm just pulling out a few. In fact, there are whole books that deal with this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13. Which things we also speak not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. That speaks of the, the very words being inspired. Paul was conscious of the fact that when he was writing these letters, he was writing under the influence of the Spirit of God, and what was coming out was indeed the very words of God. And you know what? Peter, Peter regarded Paul's writing as Scripture. Let's look at Second Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. Let's look at that. Regard the patience of our Lord to be salvation, just as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given him, wrote to you. So Paul wrote about the Lord and salvation and so forth. But look at verse 16. As also in all his letters, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand. Paul wrote some things that are hard to understand, and we appreciate that which the untaught and unstable distort as they do the rest of the scriptures to their own destruction. Peter is saying Paul's writing is on par with the rest of scripture. From a Jewish standpoint, scripture always meant the holy word of God. But I want to show you something fascinating. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 18. Paul writes this, For the scripture says... He's speaking about elders and how they ought to be honored. And he says, for the scripture says, you shall not muzzle the ox while he is threshing and the laborer is worthy of his wages. Interesting. Paul said the scripture says this. Paul is quoting scripture. Now he has two things that he's quoting. He's quoting this phrase, you shall not muzzle the ox while he is threshing. Where is that from? That's from the book of Deuteronomy. That's Old Testament scripture. However, if you look at the end of verse 18, he is still saying the scripture says the laborer is worthy of his wages. You won't find that in the Old Testament. You know why? Because that is a direct quote from Luke chapter 10, verse 7. He called both scripture. So Paul recognized that Luke, what Luke wrote was scripture. I think that's marvelous, and there are many other things we can we can speak of on, on this level, but that just helps you to understand that when Paul said all Scripture is inspired by God, he is not simply referring to the Old Testament, though that is the brunt of it. Whatever is Scripture is inspired by God, and there were many Scriptures, his writings and, uh, and Luke's writings and other writings that were recognized as Scripture because they were indeed inspired by God. So all, it says all scripture. Now what does that mean? It means from cover to cover. Everything that's scripture. It could, it could be translated in the Greek language, every scripture. If it was that case, then it meant every individual part of scripture. If it said, if we translate it all scripture, it means all as a whole. It really doesn't matter. It, it, it simply means all of it. Whether you take every part of it, or all of it, the whole of it. Because if you take the whole of it, then every part of it is inspired. 
But the key word here is, is inspired. What does that mean? I mean, this is where I'm convinced most Christians don't know what inspiration is about. Now, there's a great mystery involved in inspiration, but we do know what this word means. Let me tell you, first of all, what it does not mean. It does not mean that the Bible is like any other book. Shakespeare wrote literature, and we say he must have been inspired when he wrote that. That's not what the Bible means by inspiration. We hear a musical piece, and we say, uh, that man was inspired. That's not what the Bible means. In fact, this is a very uh, poor translation. It should not be translated inspired at all. If anything, it should be translated expired. Why? Because the meaning here is not that God breathed into the, the human writing. Now, let me explain. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you on this. The Greek word here is theopneustos. It's made up of two Greek words that come together. Theos, it means God. Neustos means breath or spirit. Literally, this word means God breathed. All scripture is God breathed. And we would say to complete it, God breathed out. That is really a, a direct uh, translation of this. God breathed out. It is not that God breathed in to the human writers. We say Paul was inspired, but technically that's not true. Technically, only the writings are inspired. God didn't, at least he's not saying in here that God breathed into Paul. He's saying that the scriptures come forth from God. It's not that God breathed into the human writers or even their writings. It wasn't that Paul or any of the men penned their writings and then God breathed into them. That's not the thought here at all. But that scripture was breathed out by God. In other words, God is the source of scripture. And that's why I say that we should not say inspired. It would be better to say expired. It comes out. It doesn't go into God is the source of Scripture. It originated in his mind, and it was breathed out by him. It comes forth from him. What is written, and here's what he's saying, what is written on this page, what, as far as the original manuscripts, what was written down, what you have written down in front of you, although this is a translation of it, but what you have written down is the product of God breathing it out. What is on the page, and specifically what was on the original autographs as the apostles and prophets penned them, came forth from God. And that's all that this is saying. It originated in God's mind and was communicated from God's mouth by the breath of God. It comes forth from God. Now, Paul doesn't tell us how it got on the page. Not here. You won't find anything in 2 Timothy chapter 3 which tells us how it got there. It's just He's just telling us the fact of inspiration. The fact is that what's written down came forth from God. It's the very words of God. It comes forth from God's mouth, if we want a, a, a term that would help us relate to it. He doesn't tell us the process of how it got on the page. He just tells us, that it is on the page, what is on the page has been breathed out by God, comes from God. But let's look at Second Peter chapter 1 to find out a little bit at least, as much as we can know about how it got on the page. 
Now, it's, as much as we can study about this, there's still a mystery because we never will experience this. I can I cannot stand before you and say, you know, I have written under the inspiration of the Spirit of God and so forth. I've never done that. I've never talked on the inspiration of Scripture. No one here has ever done that. No one since the apostles penned these letters. No one has ever done that apart from them and what took place before them in the Old Testament. But he says... In verse 20 of 2 Peter chapter 1, But know this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. That is to say, an apostle, a prophet, didn't sit down and say, I think I'm going to write this. This is my opinion. This is my, my human thought alone. No, it's not a matter of one's own interpretation. Verse 21, for no prophecy, and prophecy here does not mean to the future, it just means to foretell, to tell forth, to, to perhaps preach would be a better term. For no prophecy or no foretelling was ever made by an act of human will. That is to say, a man didn't act on his own initiative, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. That is to say, and the word moved here means that they were so guided, they were so controlled, they were so dominated without giving up their own personality. And that's important. They were so dominated by the Spirit of God that what they wrote down and what they spoke in a verbal communication was literally words from God. Inspiration, however, does not mean that there was mechanical dictation, that the men were like robots, that what came out had nothing to do with their own personalities. That's why you read an Apostle Paul and his personality comes, comes through. That's why you read a John and his personality comes through. In fact, when I was studying back in Moody uh, Greek, I remember that they would ha- start us off on John because John in the Greek language is so basic. It wasn't very basic for me, but it was basic if you knew Greek. Uh, we did a little bit of Paul, but never would we deal with Luke. Luke is too technical for a first-year Greek student. Luke, Luke will just blow you away. Now you don't you don't pick that up in the Greek in the English language in the translation, but in the original you would. God, and this is the mystery of it, still maintained and didn't violate the writer's personality, his background. God had been preparing this man all of his life for this. He certainly knew what his background was. He certainly prepared him so that the man's vocabulary would be his own vocabulary, his own style. However, God so controlled him so that the man, while not being violated and writing his own style, still was writing the very words that God breathed out. That's a mystery. I don't understand that. God didn't violate his will. And yet God controlled him to the point that what was written down was, yes, man's words, but they originated in the heart and mind of God so that they were God breathed out. That's what inspiration means, basically. The scriptures, as as someone said, are the breath of God in written form. Just like on a cold day, we don't get many of those down in Florida, but you you can see your breath. If that breath hardened and it was in a page form, you would understand inspiration. God breathed out, and when it finally hardened, it was the word of God. And the process went through men as they were born along by the Spirit of God. They spoke from God. Their own vocabularies, their own styles. But beyond that, the very words that God breathed out. This, by the way, is known as verbal 
plenary inspiration. The words are inspired and all of it is inspired. And because the scriptures, back to 2 Timothy 3, because the scriptures are breathed out by God, theopneustas, wonderful word. In fact, the, the NIV translates that God breathed. That is better than inspired. But because the scriptures are breathed out by God, they, Paul says in verse 16, are what? Profitable. All scriptures inspired by God and profitable. They're useful. They're beneficial. Why? Because they're God's words. Listen, nothing really benefits you unless it comes from God in terms of spirituality. Because the scriptures are breathed out by God, they are profitable. The only reason they're profitable is because they are the words that come from God. And what are they profitable for? Well, he says they're profitable for teaching. What does that mean? They tell us the truth. They tell us what's right. They tell us what's accurate. They tell us what's correct. For reproof, they tell us what is not true. They reprove us when we go off target. When you go into something that's erroneous in belief, they reprove you. They tell you what is not true and what is not right. Then, thirdly, they are profitable for correction. And that tells us how to get back on track. You see, they tell us how to, they tell us what, what we ought to believe, then they reprove us when we get off track. Then they correct us by telling us how to get back on track with the truth. And then finally, training in righteousness. That is, how to stay on track with the truth. It's kind of like a path. They tell you the path to stay on. They tell you when you get off of it. They tell you how to get back on it. And they tell you how to stay on it so that you don't have to go through that process again. That's why the scriptures are profitable. And what is the end result? The end result is found in verse 17. And really, we could give a whole series on this. I just want you to see the whole thing as it connects. The end result, the ultimate result, is that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. In other words, the word of God makes us fitted for effective service and usefulness to God. That's the thought here. You want to be useful to the Lord? You've got to get in the word. But let me pull this all together. What's Paul's point? Timothy, during difficult times, God has provided his word. And it is to profit you by keeping you from error, to keep you on track, to keep you walking in the truth, to teach you what is right, to reprove you when you're wrong, to correct you and tell you to get back on track and to instruct you in righteousness so that you stay on track. It is a survival kit for us. God has provided it. God has provided his word so that we can survive difficult times because the times are not going to go away. They're difficult. And the word is eternal. And its truths go beyond culture. Yes, there's culture in the Bible. Yes, we have to understand the culture, but there are timeless principles that transcend any culture. The Bible equips us for every good work in the midst of a people who don't do good works. Remember the context. False teachers, errorists, heretics. How are you going to remain in the truth? You remain in the truth because your teachers are trustworthy and because what you know about Christ is in harmony with the rest of Scripture. And that's important because all Scripture is inspired by God. It is God-breathed. It is His Word. And if you take that in and you study the Bible and you spend time in it, you will stay away from error because the Bible's point and purpose is to do that. You see, the ultimate goal of Bible study is not just to teach you doctrine, as important as that is. The ultimate goal is to not teach you so that you can be a great defender of the faith, as important as that is. The ultimate purpose of Bible study is to equip us, to fit us 
for service and usefulness for the master. So how do you survive in difficult times? Know the permanency of these times. They're not going to go away. Know the problems of these times. The problems are the people. And they're not going to go away either. And know the provisions. God has provided you with godly models. Follow them. Be accountable to them. Be answerable to them. Watch how they walk. But also, God has provided you the word of God. Stay in it. Are you studying the Bible? Are you really getting into the Bible? I'm all for quiet times. Provided quiet times get us digging in the Bible. Holy people and the holy word of God is what God has given you for the difficult seasons of life. Take advantage of them. They're yours for the taking, but you have to make a point to get into them. Let's bow for prayer. You know, it may very well be that someone here has never come to that point where the scriptures have led them to faith in Christ Jesus. Timothy came to know the Lord because the Bible revealed the truths that led him to faith. Do you know that you're a sinner? Do you know that God is holy? Do you know that Jesus Christ died for your sin because of God's holiness and his love for you? Christ died for you that you might live through him. All you need to do is trust him. Yield your stubbornness to him. Repent, turn away from your sin, embrace the Savior. Yield. The Bible says you can't be converted unless you become like a little child. Trusting, believing, humble, in lowliness, embracing the Savior. The opposite is to retain your sin and be stiff-necked. But if you know Christ as Savior, you need to think about surviving. Surviving, and even more than surviving, continuing in the faith. Why is it that some depart? So many reasons. So many reasons, but you don't need to. You don't need to grow carnal in difficult times either. You'll take the word of God. You'll follow godly leaders. Don't follow the wrong people and don't follow the wrong literature. Let it be the scriptures because only the scriptures are God-breathed. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that this book comes from you. Lord, how we love it. We believe it. We trust it. It's reliable. Equip us by it, Father. We affirm that we believe these things, and we pray that you'll help each of us to be diligent in our study of the Scriptures, to not let Sunday morning and evening substitute for our own time in the Word. And I, I know we're all busy. We, we move in the fast lane of life. But if we're too busy for your Word, then we're just too busy. So, Father, help us not to add a few minutes at the end of the day to read the Bible, but to center our day around the Word of God. And I realize that most here cannot spend hours in the Scriptures, but we can, we can spend more time than we have been. Lord, this is your Word. Help us to treat it as your holy Word. We pray this, Father, with confidence that you'll help us to survive, help us to remember these things, because we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What an amazing gift God has given us. His own word, miraculously preserved with amazing accuracy over the millennia. I hope you'll appreciate it and take advantage of it. Charles Spurgeon said, If my compass always points to the north, I know how to use it. But if it veers to other points of the compass, 
and I am to judge out of my own mind whether it is right or not, I am as well without the thing as with it. If my Bible is right always, it will lead me right, and I believe it is so. I shall follow it. And I guess I could say, me too. You've been listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff, the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Are you in the Clearwater area and looking for a place to worship? If so, I hope you'll consider Lakeside. As you might assume from listening to Verse by Verse, you'll find practical and accurate Bible teaching at Lakeside. You can also expect a friendly welcome at the same time. The address is 1893 Sunset Point Road in Clearwater. For service times, call the office at 727-441-1714 or browse online to lakesidechapel.com. That's lakesidechapel.com or 727-441-1714. That's also the number to call if you'd like a free CD with the message Pastor Steve just finished today. Ask for message 6215, Surviving in Difficult Times, Part 5. All of our broadcasts are also available for free streaming or download at our website, versebyverseradio.org. Go to the Message Archive page and search for the date you need, or just browse and explore. The web address again is versebyverseradio.org. And if you've been blessed listening to Verse by Verse, would you prayerfully consider becoming one of our supporters? We need listeners like you who will come alongside us with prayers and gifts to help us continue providing these daily explorations of Scripture. But please, we hope you will not neglect your regular giving to your home church. You can get details on the giving page on our website or call Lakeside at the number I gave earlier. This is Jerry Peterson. There are countless churches across America with attendances in the thousands, but little if any interest in what God has to